get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am your host. Um, I'm with some sober people uh, for once after last week. Uh, I don't think I've actually recovered from these two down below us who were, you know, they, they were on a Spanish diet. You know, they were they were basically on sangria and crisps, you know, right. and, and sangria and crisps. <laughs> sangria, I've taken the lifestyle home, mate. Oh, the lifestyle. Good. <laughs> Dan, how are you? Uh, Dan, Alex, you both stayed out a bit longer. Dan, um, how long extra did you stay out? Uh, God, when did I come back? Feels like last time ago now. Thursday, got back. Um, mm. Basically, came back and just felt like I needed to just lay down for forty-eight hours, and and then all of a sudden, Sheffield United came around. So, I think I made it in time. But I don't know about Alex. Alex is still finishing his last pint, I reckon. Alex? Yeah, I was, uh, to be fair, I was struggling. He he's right, Dan. But um, yeah, that was a that was a brilliant trip. Um, it had everything I, I was I was dreaming of, and um, some heavy drinking, some some sober sightseeing as well. Didn't think I'd be doing that on a on a European away, but um, we did have some a couple of days with good sightseeing, uh, with Dan and his girlfriend, and um, and then flew back on <laughs> on the <bus> stage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. I mean, Alex. If if you'd like, Alex, we can go on a double date with your girlfriend if you like, mate. I would. <laughs> she was in Denmark. You can't, you can't do that. She wasn't in Spain. I know, so, you know. I know, but just I'm offering if if, if Alex would like. Yeah, well, it, well, well, when we draw Copenhagen in the next round, I'm sure your girlfriend will come Ooh. to Copenhagen, and yeah, there we go. So. um Trev, uh, us old guys, I, I tell you what, I, I wasn't I wasn't myself until probably about Saturday morning, and then we went and done it again, and boy, did I do it again Saturday. I'm, I'm still recovering today. Yeah, it was a big trip, wasn't it? I mean, I didn't drink so much on the day of the game, but the day before in Madrid, oh my God, did I make up for it. It was a, a very big night, but it was a really enjoyable night from what I remember. Mojito after Mojito after Mojito, oh my lordy. Well, here we are on the Irish bar, the Dubliner in Madrid, and uh, we found out. Um, I, I'm, I'm promised, and I, 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 I won't, Trev. I am so tempted. I really am so tempted. The video is just priceless. It's private, but it's priceless. <laughs> that doesn't do him justice because he's still corporate Trev in that photo. Before he, goes he is I'm corporate Trev. Yeah, he's more of my t-shirt. Stay private. <laughs> Listen, um, we'll talk about uh, that. We had a long trip from Madrid, uh, all the way down from Madrid through uh, Toledo and Cordoba, uh, eventually getting uh, to Seville after three hours on the train. I don't have the picture, but I'm, I'm sure it's on Instagram of um, Trevor nursing his hangover like that because it was a late night and the mojitos were, were, were going in. Yeah, Arnie, he did have more than two pints. He had two pints and maybe one and a half um, one and a half mojitos. Yeah, I, all I, well, I'm saying, I'm saying is, that stage. All well, I'm saying, we, we saw Spain. This is what Trev saw. 
Well, it must be said that I was just catching up with sleep, though. I wasn't. Um, I, I wasn't too bad. I was tired, and now just resting my head. And you three idiots had to take advantage of the situation, didn't you? Yeah, of course. Wouldn't you? No, no. I'd have left you oh, to get. Oh, some yes, sleep. you would. You yes, would. you would have. <laughs> yes, you would have. I love whatsoever in your stupid antics, your childish pranks. Anyway, <laughs> it must be said though, as trains go, it was a very pleasant train, very comfortable. Uh, and it went very quickly. The journey we would, it, it was no problem at all. You blinked and we were in Seville, <laughs> yeah. Well, well to be honest, we can't show those photos, but um, let me just tell you that some people are only fans would pay fortunes for some of those photos that came oh, out that night. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's Trevor just testing the stability of the because he'll being a railway man, you'll know all about the gauges and and you know how smooth the lines are. And 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 there you're just testing to see how steady it is. Isn't that what you're doing, Trevor? Carry on showing that photo, you'll know what a punch in the throat is, Fergus. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it was a great day. We got into Seville about uh, one, two o'clock in the afternoon. Afternoon, got into a hotel. Uh, we met up with Mike Feinberg, Harry Simeu, um, and, and and some other friends. Mike's wife and Harry's mate uh, Kerry, I think, is uh, was his name from memory. It was it was it was really really a good afternoon. And then we met up with all the other guys um, up in uh, Salvador Square, uh, where they were queuing for twenty minutes for a beer. But myself, Alex, and Trevor. Um, See, the three of us, not uh, you, uh, Dan, uh, were sensible. We got some tapas and we we, we experienced it. You just ne necked 12 pints in one go, didn't you? I was powering through on behalf of all of you. Someone had to represent guns in the other ribbons over there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there is a picture I've got here, which I have been called out on saying it's somebody else's picture. It is. It's Simon's picture. He went, because he was there earlier, he went and took a picture of um, the Stadio Ramon Sanchez um, beforehand. A really, really lovely picture. And, and what people won't or may or may not realise is that mural on the very front has got the picture of um, lots of different clubs, including on the right-hand side, uh, there about halfway down, you've got an Arsenal logo with the cannon facing the right way. Trevor, um, we didn't do our normal stadium tour stuff that we do because we didn't have the time really. Um, but what did you make of the stadium? You were on the upper tier and it was a bit wet. What did I make of it? It was a hole. It was a massive great hole with no roof. <laughs> and I got wet through. No, actually, it wasn't a bad stadium, but it just seemed that uh, Seville is known for getting very little rain. And... Um, as soon as it was dry all day, I mean, shorts and t shirt, it was a lovely day. Got up on that top tier, thought, here we go. And as soon as that referee blew that whistle to start the game, it was like it blew the whistle to start the rain as well. And it just didn't stop. And it got heavier and heavier and heavier. And it's, in the end, it, I, I wasn't the only one. There was thousands. I was soaked wet through to the skin. It, was, it wasn't pleasant. But when you win games like that away, it sort of pales into insignificance how wet you are, doesn't it? It was a good performance, and I know we're going to talk about it shortly. Mm. Alex, your first European away for a number of years. Uh, the first, all four of us were together, and we met up with Lyle and some of the others, Mikela's, Mikela Teta's army over land and sea. What did you make of the trip? It was just brilliant. Um, just, I mean, first of all, Seville is such a nice city. I think everyone yeah. we spoke to, they were like, I'm definitely coming back, and I'm bringing my wife and my girlfriend so I was surprised with how nice the city was and just being so many Arsenal fans and you bump into people you know and you make new friends as well um, and just sort of being together with so many people that are passionate about the same thing as you are. 
um it's just brilliant and um yeah everything just went well uh with with that trip um and the game as well so it was just uh, the the perfect trip dan uh one of the nice um messages and there was quite a lot of stuff up leading up to the game was uh reyes uh, there was a, there was an awful lot of um uh Alex was speaking Cockney by the end of it. Um, <laughs> uh, in, in fairness, you've got more Cockney ad, uh, accent than your dad, and he was born and bred here. <laughs> he sounds yeah, awesome. doesn't he? He's lost it. Was, it was more gibberish from what I remember from him that night. Oh, yeah. Well, you yeah. didn't, well, well, you you didn't remember much, did, do you? Oh, well. <laughs> the, 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 What's the podcast about, mate? <laughs> the, the, the thing that was really, really nice was um, Antonio Reyes played for both Arsenal and uh, he come he came from Sevilla um and his dad's got a a tapas restaurant and literally you know that one on the corner just by our hotel with all the ham and hams and everything else that were that was uh, Reyes's dad's um uh um tapas bar and i think it was the oldest one of 1676 or something like that but the arsenal fans sang on several occasions including on the 8th minute um this Dan, it was really well received by the the local fans, um, and it actually gave me a little bit of a, a tingly chill. Yeah, it was, and I think it's important to remember, right, that Arsenal are a classy club, and um, it's important that we continue to show that throughout the years and and generations that you know that that, that doesn't change, and and we are who we are as a club, and there are some things more important than football, and and uh, you know, someone passing them such a young age. Um, such as he did, should be remembered um, for what he did for our club. And I, and I think it showed the respect that Seville fans showed towards us. Um, you could look all around you and see that people had turned towards us and was clapping. And and I think it was, yeah, well received, as you said. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, Trev? Yeah, I, I mean, I've been to a few away games in Europe and it was a, it was a surreal moment. It was in the upper tier. We always stood... The, the part I was right next to the Seville fans. There was a few seats between us, but there was no barrier, just a line of police officers. And when the Arsenal fans were singing that, the Seville fans soundly clapped, and you could genuinely tell they were turning faces that it was very much appreciated. And it was a lovely mm. moment. It just sent a tingle down his spine, you know. And uh, that's what it's all about, you know. It was great. It was a lovely moment. We played in our, our, our lovely green kit, which is a hark back to the 80s. Um, and we had Rea in goal again. Uh, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Tomiasu, Jorginho, Rice, Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli and Jesus. Um, I want to talk about the game because we were there. But I also then want to look at the Sheffield United game. But uh, I think it's important that we try and overlap on both games. Because just a general use of the squad uh, and how Arteta has used the squad, Alex. He, he He's really... Uh, availed of it and I know we talked about it um you may not recall on the previous podcast about just like the the, the options that we have now got uh, and we talked about it before the game on the way down to um on the way down to the Emirates uh, just of last year we wouldn't have those sort of options what did you make of the usage of the squad and in particular in the Seville game yeah I think in the in the Seville game he went all guns blazing, and um, I mean, you could debate whether Sinny or, or Tommy is the is our preferred option, but I think in like tough away games, I think he he, he will go with with Tommy, and um, 
So, and, and I think it was the first time this season that we started with Saka, Jesus and Martinelli in the same side as well. So we really went strong and um, and it paid off because I think that link up between Martinelli and Jesus really flourished in that game and something that we haven't really seen too much uh, this season because of injuries. And of course, now he's injured again, but um, but it just shows that we've got options. Um, I think the the squad r- rotation it came more into play uh, in the game after against Sheffield, which we'll talk about. Yep. But um, yeah, it, it, we've just got so many options, and and that showed in the, in the Sheffield game especially. Dan, clearly Alex cannot remember our conversation the other night because uh, Zinni Jesus and um, sorry. Uh, Jesus Saka and Martelli started in the Chelsea game for the first time, and I asked him oh, that yeah, question. Did, but yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, what what did you make of um, Tommy Asu starting over Zinchenko, and just generally Tommy Asu's performance in that game? It's a good problem to have, right? I mean, th- this is the whole point of having people competing in different positions, in that they will push each other to to get better and. I must say that this isn't the first time, but I've not been convinced um, of, of Tommy as a starter, but more so have been in terms of a squad player that I feel like he can fit in across the line in most places and fill a gap when needed. But he's not just doing that at the minute. He's, I think he's pushing on the door at the minute and um, his performances have been fantastic. So it's it's good to see. And I've been a bit shocked that he can play the inverted role, to be honest. I think when I looked at him as a player, I didn't think that would suit his style, but he seems to be doing that even more so. So I think he's coming in for those games at the minute because I think Arteta will rotate the fullbacks or one of the fullbacks during the Champions League games. But I'd be surprised that if I see him start in the knockout rounds of the Champions League for now, unless he continues the way he is. Trev, um, I've been, uh, I've been, listen, Tommy Asu had a bad season last season because of, he was recovering from an, uh, a, quite a nasty injury, but he did look quite a, a steady, solid player. But what Dan was talking about, the way him playing in the, that inverted role, I didn't see him as being such a dynamic player. I thought he was just going to be, like, it was a centre-back playing left-back or right-back at times, you know, so I just, yeah. I've been impressed. Look, right, when Tommy Asu come to us, Everything was against him. Firstly, nobody had heard of him. Secondly, before he'd even put an Arsenal shirt on, there were people in the in in the press, on the TV in particular, giving him a real hard time, right? Actually laughing at the fact that we bought the man. And then he had a season of injuries. So Tommy Asher has had a real hard start for the Arsenal. But I think he's now showing, and, and, and as we're moving forward this season, another step forward, he's now showing what a quality player we've got on our hands. I slightly disagree with Danny in the fact that I want to see Tommy starting games now. I think that what he did in Seville was was absolutely superb. I think he showed he can. What he, if he? It don't matter what role he needs to play. I think I think he's one of these players that will just do as Mikel Arteta asks him to do, right? Mm. And that's a very special player to have in your squad. I may be wrong. It's early days, but I think if the, if he, if Tommy Yasu goes through the rest of this season uninjured as a full season, I think by the end of this season, we are going to be a set of very, very impressed fans and realise what a decent player we've got on our hands. I mean, look at just recently, he set up the winner against Man City and we're going to talk about it in a minute, but he scored a goal against Sheffield United. So for me, he's really shining at the moment and I want him to play every single minute we can get, you know, and 
I think that European game has start there suited him, actually. I think it really suited him. I'm over the moon with what he's been doing, and I'm over the moon for him because he had a hard start. People are forgetting this. No one knew him. To recap, no one knew him. Then that bloke on Sky was laughing at the fact that he'd signed for Arsenal, and the players see that. Then he gets injured, but he still come through it with a big smile on his face. I'm very happy with a man. Mm, yeah, listen, the first half, a, a strong first half performance uh, out there in in quite a, OK, it doesn't have a roof on it, but it's still a noisy, intimidating environment. The weather wasn't great. You think you're going to Spain and you think it's going to be nice and sunny. And, you know, as you said, it was pouring down. And um, But um, 40, 45 minutes and three minutes in, uh, Alex Martinelli gets a goal and Kieran's beside me. Um, in, in in the stands, gone. Oh, this is really. We're struggling. We're struggling. We're struggling. The goal goes in, and he goes down two rolls down. But uh, that's another story. But um, that it was. It was. You know, it was a good performance. I thought. I thought we managed, especially that first half. If, if we're talking up to that point, I thought we managed the game well, and I thought we we coped with the bit of pressure that the Buddha's under. And I, 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 up to that first half and that first goal, totally in control, Alex. Yeah, I didn't think they had too much in the first half. And um, we also had a big, big chance for Martinelli before he scored the first one, uh, mm. which was similar chance where he gets through on goal from uh, a pass from Jesus where he he uh, didn't didn't get the finish. Uh, the keeper came out well. And then when he get uh, got the chance again, he didn't, didn't make any mistake, uh, rounds the keeper and puts it in the back of the net. Um, and it was just such a such a good work from uh, from Jesus before setting up the goal, the the little half turn, the Cruyff turn he did, um, creating space and then just seeing Martinelli out of his corner and and playing it into space was just uh, beautiful. And that's what that's what it does in the big games, Jesus. He steps up um, and he's got an incredible record in, in the Champions League uh, goal-wise. Um, so he's just a massive player for us. And it was gutting to see him go down uh, injured later in the game. Uh, but yeah, I think we did well in the first half because... They did put us in, uh, under a bit of pressure, but they didn't really create any big, big chances. Um, and um, I think that's what you expect from like a European away game. You get put under pressure from from uh, from teams and um, you just have to stand against that pressure and then start easing your way into the game. I think that we did that very well and started to uh, have the ball more and create more chances. And then, um, yeah, we took our chances. Mm, Trev, that turn... That that turn, that pass, that 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 assist, it was just it was sublime to watch, wasn't it? Take yourself off mute. I just <laughs> want to put this up first, Dale. We're talking about the Seville game, mate. Sheffield game comes in a bit, mate. Catch up, Dale. <laughs> but no, I thought Jesus was absolutely sublime. It just that evening just seemed to suit him. You know, he was very busy, and. It was actually when he turned to pass the ball to Martinelli and, and sent those two Seville defenders off in a taxi, you could you heard the gasp from the Arsenal fans. Oh, you know, when you see something really good. And then the ball, the ball was just super. Martinelli don't break stride, does he? And finishes it nicely as after one of the lads just said after missing the earlier chance. So I thought that up until when he went off injured, I thought Jesus, Jesus just shone. He was just... In his element, it was a joy to watch him play. And early into the second half, Dan Jesus got uh, got his own goal. Uh, what did you make of his goal? I mean, 
the criticism this guy gets from some sort of ends of our of our ground, I'm I'm quite shocked with. Um, I don't think he's going to ever be like a 30 goal a season man, but if he starts banging in goals like he did against Sevilla, then that adds another level to the guy. Um, for me, he's just he's he's a very classy player, and when he plays, we improve as a team, and I think that shows. Um, we had we had a very good performance, I think, against Seville. But for me, the the biggest thing was that we came out in the second half and we got that second goal, as, as we just said from Jesus, and and that was the difference between us in Seville and us in Lons. You know, we had the players on the pitch like Saka, Martinelli, and Jesus that are a bit more clinical and can take take chances and get the second goal. So, big big goal, but a, a guy that's well, he pretty much created it on his own, right? And um, yeah, fantastic fantastic finish. Uh, we um, made it a little bit difficult uh, in the end. A couple of minutes later, we conceded uh, a goal as two one, and then it was a bit. At the last fifteen twenty minutes, Trevor, I found I found I was a bit more clock watching, and I was a bit more nervous. I was with the other two guys uh, on here. You're up top on your own. What was what was the feeling up there? Um, besides being wet, um, uh, about that last fifteen twenty, well, half hour even. It was just clock watching, mate. Just clock watching. Once we needed, we were playing. We started dropping deeper and deeper. And when I got in, and my wife Donna had watched it, and she said to me, "How did you get through those last fifteen minutes?" She said, "Because watching it at home, it was awful, you know, watching it." And I said, "Yeah, it felt the same in the stadium, but we gritted our teeth, didn't we? And and we played a bit deeper, which always is uncomfortable, but." We did the job. We did the job. And and what's really pleasing is that once again Arteta showed that he wants to go deep into this tournament. Then you know, we had we had a great starting lineup, and we had the the subs that came on didn't weaken us at all. So yeah, it was very nervous because we said, didn't we, last week about the importance of that game? I think yes. some weren't getting the importance of that game after getting beaten, Lons. If we don't get three points in Seville, then we're probably going to have to get something in Eindhoven and we'll be a much better side and much more comfortable if we can go to Eindhoven and, and have a big party, you know, and, and not worry about what we need to get. So, yeah, it was nerve-wracking. We did start dropping deeper and deeper, but we got the job done. So, move on. Three points. I'm happy. Alex, finish finished 2-1. Um, and the opposite tie in the group finished, I think it was 1-1. Um, so it puts us back into control of the group. We're 10 points, uh, sorry, 10 points, I wish. Uh, we're six points. We're top of the top of the group. Um, and it's Lons who are our closest rivals, uh, one point behind. Um, we've got to play them in a couple of weeks at the Emirates. Uh, we've got Seville next. And then two weeks after that, we've got um, we've got Lons and then we go out to PSV. What's your expectations then um, and your final comments on, on the Seville game? Yeah, as you said, like we can't um, state how, how much of an important win it was. So I reckon that we um, we take it seriously, even though um, we are in a good position. But I think we need to go out, all out um, for Seville at home. And then uh, hopefully we we finish the job before we go out to PSV because as we all know it's it's a difficult away game and we we did struggle uh, last year when we went out there so um, I think we're in a good position and I don't think there should be I mean it shouldn't even be close in this group um, we've been lucky with our draw and um, we need to top our group it will be important for uh, when we go through to the next knockout round that we get a, get a good seat and uh, hopefully avoid any of the like top top teams until later on mm. in the in the tournament, um, yeah. but yeah, hope hope we get that first spot. Um, before we finish up on the game, and um, there was one sort of area where you know 
what do you think about uh, Raya? Now, I'm going to play a video, a very quick video. It's about 10 seconds and no audio because we got nicked by YouTube again uh, last week uh, with some of the videos. And when people watch this back on YouTube, you'll see this little glitches where they chop them out and they send me an email and tell me off and threaten to fine us and this, that, and the other. So I'm going to show you this. And Dan, I'd like your comments um, on Raya. Uh, is it lucky? Is it, you know... Is a great goalkeeping. Uh, how did you think he overall performed in the game without piling on to anybody? Here's the video, Dan. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I don't think anyone can say anything other than there's definitely a bit of luck there, right? Yeah. But I just feel like I feel like we're highlighting his mistakes more than we do Ramsdale in the past year. Now, Ramsdale's made mistakes last year, same as Raya's made mistakes this year. But I just think it's important not to be picking a favourite and jumping on one as opposed to the other. Let's be honest. I think I think I'd back most people's opinions and say on form, I do think Ramsdale should still be our number one. I expected it to take a little bit longer than it did, but the fact is he's playing at the minute as our number one, and I, I don't know what people really want out of the situation. Do they want him to make a mistake so Ramsdale comes in because they like Ramsdale, or do they want to just support the guy that's in? in goal and hope he does well you know we, we had a big long period where we didn't get clean sheets at home and as many mistakes as people want to say he's made since he's come in we've got clean sheets at home and our defensive record is starting to improve now the mistakes he's made at times from passing out of the back you've seen Ramsdale make the exact same things last year I saw a clip mm -hmm. on um on Twitter someone had put together and he does the same things but he doesn't get called out for it now I'm I'm be quite happy not to call Ramsdale out for it. Just don't call Raya out for the same thing. You know, we're we're not we're not picking sides. We're Arsenal fans, and whoever is in is in. Away from the ground, have your opinions. Sing his name. I, I'd back it. I want to sing Ramsdale's name. I love what he's done for the club, and I love the bits he brings to the club away from just playing the ninety minutes. Mm. Trev. Well, firstly, Arnie, I'm sorry, mate. We we can't bring Brack bring Brack Runnison on. I don't think he's quite at the level we need at the moment. But I, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to say a big, long statement. Everyone knows my feelings. I think that Ramsdale is a, is, is a better keeper at the moment. I think that Ramsdale is seriously, un, seriously unlucky to be dropped. But he's playing Raya, so I support Raya. That's it for me. It's done. Yeah, no, no, I agree, and, and and we're not we're not digging out Rams uh, Ramsdale or Raya in, in in this, and I don't think we have on either keeper, and I don't recall um, a huge amount of people digging out Ramsdale in the past either, except for when he first started because he'd got relegated twice with Sheffield and and Bournemouth and so on. But he's he's done he's done really well. Sorry, my earphones have just gone, so um, I'm going to take them out. I can't hear you at the second. Um, I'll ask you a question. It's time to ask you, since we're on the subject, what did you make of that Ramsdale farewell at the end of the game, mate? Uh, what, when he came over to us? Yeah, it seemed a bit strange to me. Seemed a bit extended and a bit over, you know, very enthusiastic, but with a sort of sad face on he seemed to have, you know, so... Well, it he had, a, he had a cheeky grin smile. Cause, so, so for people who weren't there, uh, we were held back for 20 minutes after the game. And um, the players were who did, but were on uh, on the bench and so on, done a warm down and El Nenny came along and uh, Shake It El Nenny was sang and there were some really good songs uh, and, and, and they all appreciated it a lot. And then after they all went in, Ramsdale came out in his jeans and his, his Adidas uh, 
green Adidas top, and he came and applauded the away support, which is really admirable and really, really good. And then we started singing his name. But it did just feel a little bit weird, Trev, didn't it? It felt like it was almost like he was leaving the club. Yeah, it did seem a bit. It just we expect Ramsdale to come and interact with the fans. That's why he's partly why he's so popular because he's a fan's favourite. You know, we we've watched we've watched Arsenal develop since since Ramsdale joined the club. You know, and. Uh, and so he's a fan's favourite. But it just seemed a bit different when he came over at the end there. I think maybe we're reading too much into it. I don't know. But just the, the look on his face and the way he came over, I don't know. It just just didn't didn't seem like it was normal to me. Alex, Dan, did, did, did you read anything? Are, are, are us all-timers reading something into it? I didn't really too much. I think he just likes it. I think he just enjoys coming over to the fans. Um, okay. But, yeah, I, I, I mean... You could really read into it, but I mean, there's no transfer window going on right now. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a tricky situation with uh, with Ramsdale. I think we just gotta, as Trev said, and uh, you other guys said, we just have to back whoever's in in goal and whoever plays for the Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, I, I do I do think we're reading a bit too much into that. I think that was a case of fancying in his name, and he came over, and I think he loved it, and I, I think that that's all it is. But. There was a video I watched this week of Arsene Wenger on BN Sports, and he was talking about um, the situation between Ramsdale and, and, and Raya. And I think his general thoughts were that Ramsdale should probably still be the guy that's in goal for now. Um, but what he did say is he would, he would say to him, don't give up, keep working. He feels he can come back and still be the number one. And, and that should definitely be the case. There's absolutely no reason why he should be giving up. And let, let's be honest, if he gives up, Maybe he doesn't deserve to be number one. I'm hoping he just keeps going and he and he gets his place back. If if that's if that's what happens, then fantastic. But just a few comments in the chat. I think the comment firstly from Heath on keepers' confidence within the defense. I think it's a change of mentality in the defense. In the, the defense needs to be ready to receive balls in tricky areas and play play quick passing football out from the back in areas that most defenders wouldn't normally be comfortable. I think Ramsdale did make mistakes. You know, last season, the first half of last season, by the way, he was fantastic. But I think because he was so good in the first half of last season, I feel like the second half of the season where he made mistakes didn't quite get highlighted as much. And 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 too right. Where did, he make, where did he make well, mistakes? I think a lot of his shot stopping where it went bottom corner, he didn't save things that he should have done. Um, a few kicks out that he, he made mistakes where we scored early goals was down to um, conceded early goals. I mean, was down to Ramsdale. Everyone makes mistakes. I'm just saying that I think people are not highlighting. I, it. I, I, I recall, uh, I recall Saka losing the ball and putting Ramsdale under pressure because he was further up the pitch, playing playing that sweeper keeper role that Arteta wants him to play. I, I, I don't recall him making as many mistakes as you're talking about, Dan. And this is, I, I'm, 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 he's not perfect, okay? And clearly, we can see from Raya as well, he's not perfect because he's in his first few games due to nervousness, lack of confidence, or whatever it was, he's put a few balls wayward. And they're human. They are going to make mistakes. But I, I don't know. I I don't think he's done that that much wrong, Dan. I no, no, I don't think he has, mistake. by the way. I, I, I'm not saying he has done that much wrong. But I'm saying I don't think Ray has done that much wrong either. I think people are highlighting mistakes and making a big meal out of it. And a little bit like, if you're going to make a big meal out of Raya, then maybe do the same. 
my view is don't make a big deal out of either of them. But you, you, you know, my only issue is my only issue at the moment is not necessarily what keepers in goal. My issue is that Arteta came along and said he was willing to rotate his keepers as much as he was his outfield players. He's created this problem for uh, the the keepers. Uh, we know the skills that Ray has got that um, Ramsdale doesn't, which is he's a better sweeper keeper and playing the centre back with the close control of his uh, of the ball at his feet, but. He has said he'd rotate them, and he's completely dropped Ramsdale. And I, I just, I, I don't want to get into this all over again because we want to talk about the Sheffield game. But I just think that Arteta has created this situation to a certain degree, and I find it a little bit disappointing. Yeah. Trev, do you want to, do you want to have a closing remark on that? Yeah, I'll just say that Ramsdale's not done enough to be dropped. He's not made, he's not got as lucky as Raya has. Right, Ray's been lucky not to give away a goal or two. And as for Arsene Wenger, as much as I love the man, as much as I love the man, right, and I do genuinely love Arsene Wenger, what he done for us, he's got no right to comment on goalkeepers when you think of what we had at the Arsenal in his last eight years of reign. We never had a goalkeeper, you know. We had people that were, we were every time the ball went near him, the, the crowd bit their nails and were, were, the tension was high. So, you know, but at the end of the day, um, I, I can't, I can't have that Ramsdale made mistakes that made him get dropped. If Ramsdale, Ramsdale's been permanently dropped, I won't have it. That is for football reasons. I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if I'm wrong. I'm giving my opinion, yeah. And my yep. opinion is that I'm not having anyone tell me that Ramsdale's been dropped for for the quality of his performances. I can't have it. And yeah, that's I, I tend to agree. Listen, um, stats on that game in Seville was fifty six percent possession to uh, uh, to Seville. Uh, let me just get rid of that. Um, and uh, that we had ten shots on target, four uh, ten shots on goal, four on target. They had nine and two. Quite an even match, I think. Um, probably the two one. It shows how good the result actually was in getting the two one away to quite a decent team. Uh, the player of the match or the man of the match, as I prefer to call it in, in men's football, is. Um, Tommy Asu, uh, and he was rewarded uh, with a start again um, against Sheffield United. So we had against Sheffield United. No, he didn't. He, he got rewarded with a, a place on the bench. Oh, God, I'm doing an Alex. Um, we had Ray out, White, Saliba, Kivior, Zinchenko, Rice, Havert, Smith Rowe got his start, Saka, Martinelli, and Eddie Nketiah without Jesus. But before we talk about the people on the pitch, we talk about um, players. All over the, oh, uh, sorry, uh, football fans of all over the world, and the trips that we've just done to Europe, and the guys are going to go out to Eindhoven and stuff like that. Um, there was one guy. Uh, is it? Is it Tyler? Is that his name, Trev? Oh, GB yeah. Gunner. GB yeah, Gunner on Twitter. Look at this journey. So on Friday he left America, Chicago, I think is where he is, uh, and he came to see the Arsenal. He had twenty six hours on a plane at an airport. 90 minutes worth of football and flew back the same day. All I say to, to you, Tyler, in the black, it was great to see you um, on Saturday when you came around and saw, saw all of us. He didn't get a chance to speak to you, uh, Dan, because you were in the middle uh, screaming and shouting at people as you normally do. So I like, want a flag on your back. Yeah. So, I had a long chat with him, Ferg. God. And he's a lovely lad. He really is a lovely lad and uh, all credit to him. I thought I had a long journey coming from Lincolnshire for every game, but it sort of puts the commitment into perspective when you see a lad do that. So yeah. well done, Tyler. Lovely talking to you, mate. I know you're listening to this. I know you listen back to it. So well done, mate, and all the best. Lovely talking to you. Hopefully see you again soon. Dan, no Jesus, no party. 
the stadium atmosphere oh, before. Can I just quickly add the, the last bit? Because I think that's it's maybe an important distinction to have, right? A lot of people criticise the atmospheres and the ballots and things that's going on in the club. And they talk about, and, and no, we've made the same mistakes. We talk about maybe tourists or overseas fans. And and I think it's important okay. to say that, no, no, I'm, I'm, I think it's important to say that that maybe is not the issue, right? Because you have people travel lengths of time, as, as, as we've just said, and come from overseas, but they come and make a noise and get behind the team because they love the team. And I don't really care if you travel 26 hours or a minute. Just when you get in the stadium, make a bit of noise. But you've got no excuses to to say about, you know, can't go to this game or can't get, you know, when away tickets come up and low points and I can't bother to travel this far and, and just, just get to the game and just make a noise. And then that's all we want to see behind that team. To be honest, the next bit on here is the atmosphere before the game. Um, I didn't think it was bad. We always, we said when we were in the pub beforehand, it was going to be um, a more difficult game because we could see within our WhatsApp groups for various reasons, commitments, people had been away to Spain and and, and so on. There were more tickets more freely available uh, amongst um, on ticket exchange and amongst fans. The atmosphere around us, Dan and Trev, um, in on the concourse of Block 5 was really good to see a lot of young faces and knowing that, you know, the place to come to make some noise and join into some fun is um, is block five, but it just was was a little bit different, wasn't it, Dan? Yeah, I mean, we, we had a bit of a chat on this via message the other day, and I think it's important to be constructive, right? In that I remember when I first started to come, and I, I used to love the What Do You Think of Tottenham song, and 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 that can't that couldn't have changed more from then to now. So I do understand where people come from, and I think one thing the ballot is doing, and I. I'm going to again be positive with it. It's giving opportunities to new fans. And I just hope that if these new fans keep coming to the games, that they will get to know a bit more about the club other than it's just sing about Tottenham. And they will start to create an atmosphere and join in like like most people have that come regular. And actually, in the, in the long term, hopefully it's a good thing that more people come and that you know we see quite regularly that when there's train strikes or there's a, you know various reasons that, tickets fall into the hands of, of different type of fans that those fans will actually come in and because they've been to a few games beforehand continue the atmosphere and keep things going and 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 yeah that's just you know getting behind the lads and making a noise but um i think in the short term it does make a difference i think it's a shame that i feel like we're losing a little bit of what we had last year but yeah long-term project let's let's hope it it's a positive yeah um I saw um just to add on 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 what you said then um I saw I saw the Chelsea Brentford game before that was before the the Arsenal game and um and I noticed that all you could hear during the game was the Brentford fans um even when it was nil nil and uh, you couldn't hear the Chelsea fans uh at any point of the game and then I I tried to you know pay attention to how it came across during the Arsenal game because I thought it might be a tricky one with um I mean Sheffield we might go uh, if we don't score early. The, the atmosphere might get a bit flat, but I think it came out pretty good on on, on the telly. And I think we have to remember how far we've come in a couple of years um, from how the atmosphere was a couple of years ago. So, um, as you said, like long term project, I think we just got to keep adding, and you guys keep doing what you do um, in the concourse. And I think it will get better and better eventually. 
um, when people start learning the new, there's there's been a quite a, a few new songs lately when they catch on to those and hopefully it just keeps getting better. But I think, yeah, we've come a long way the, the last couple of years and, and it does come, a, come a, across quite good and better than many of the other teams uh, when you watch it on the telly. Mm. There's a point there, uh, Trevor, like, you know, the, the, the Sheffield United um, uh, style of football and they were pretty awful. They're probably one of the worst teams I've seen play at the Emirates for a number of years. Um, that it makes it a little bit harder to get behind the behind, behind um, like get the atmosphere rocking because you know if you're gonna if you're up against City or up against Spurs or up against Man United, it's a big game and people are 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 up for it. I, I thought in the in the stands itself, it wasn't so bad. It was just a little bit weird in um, on the concourse and an awful lot of um, new faces. Like there was about five or six behind me that I didn't recognise. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't be the case. You should be able to get up and, and have, have good, raucous support for every game. But that's not what us English do, is it? We, we, we get up, as you just said, boys, you're, Man City, Man United, Tottenham, Chelsea, that's easy. That's easy. Sheffield United are coming. You expect to beat them. And uh, thankfully, we've got you boys out in Block 5 now that fire it up before the game, you know. But it is it is... A different atmosphere, and there was—I think there was a lot of people that decided to have Saturday off for some reason. There was a few different faces around me, and I've got no problem with that whatsoever. They seem to be enjoying themselves and had a sing song. Um, so yeah, it's it is it's what we do. It's what we do. It's it's thankfully, as I said, we've got you boys at Block Five now that fire it up before the game starts, and that lifted it. And it was all right in the stadium. It didn't take the roof off, but it was all right in the stadium, and. Uh, I was happy with it, and and when you watched it back on the telly, you could hear plenty of noise. So, yeah, it, it was it was horses for courses, you know. And I'm not saying that that's ideal, but that's what we get when we're playing teams like Sheffield United. Hey, so but what a, what a performance! Say, eh? there were so many things, Ferg, in that game, right? So many things in that game that made me smile. Just from start to finish, and we, we'll go into them in a minute. I know that, mate. But well, we we, we are going to now, and really overshot on on this one. Uh, great rotation of the squad, which we talked about before. We had Kivior in, Smithrow got his full ninety minutes, which I was I was pleased from that. Well, to get his start and and get the the number of minutes he's got. We said in Madrid when we were having the podcast, you won't remember uh, Alex. Um, we said we said we said <laughs> we said in Madrid um, that. He got. He came on at the 68th minute uh, in the Chelsea game, and it was good for him to get the minutes. He's getting more and more minutes, and and he didn't quietly find his foot in the game, but he he did have a, a decent presence, Alex, didn't you think? I mean, yeah. First of all, it was good to see him start in a Premier League game. I can't remember the last the last time I did that, but I think him and Havertz. Um, I mean, due to the to the way they played Sheffield. Um, I think they had to do quite a lot of work, which went a bit unnoticed, which was just to take up uh, positions that allowed to free up space for other players. And it was a difficult match to play um, when they sit back so far into their own half as they did. They, I mean, you could just tell from the from the get go they weren't going to come out to play. Um, and I think we did well to control the game. And I think he did he did look decent when he was on the ball, um, but he never really. Um, I created an, anything um, and we didn't see him do too much on the ball, but I think his movement off the, off the ball 
um, was decent. Uh, as I said, him and Havertz taking up those spaces close to their central defenders, freeing up space on the on the flanks for for Martinelli and Saka. Uh, they mm. did well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll come eventually. It was his first start in a, in a long, long time. He'll he'll build his way into what we saw uh, he he can do a couple of seasons ago, hopefully. Um, but yeah, it was just good to see him get more game time. Hopefully he'll get more Wednesday against uh, West Ham as well. I can see him do that. Yeah, I could see I, I could see that as well. Um, Raya uh, had a good game, Dan. I don't, I, uh, I, I don't want to go hugely into the keeper thing, but just the clean sheet. And he he did look more confident um, uh, yesterday than uh, sorry Saturday than he has in previous games. Did you think? I would say as a team we felt more comfortable, and I feel like we wasn't troubled as a team. So mm. as a defensive unit, I thought we were we were pretty good. Um, controlled the game, recycled the ball well. I don't feel like they cause us many troubles or many problems at all. Um, and for me, that game was only ever ending one way, and that was a, a big, big win. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be as big of a win, Trev. And before we talk about Eddie, um, I want to have a, a quick touch on Tommy Asu and the penalty as well. Um, Tommy Asu getting his goal at, in, in the die-end stages at, what, 96 minutes into the game. It was really good to see all his hard efforts over the last few weeks uh, getting paid off. I think that's his first goal for Arsenal. It's definitely his first goal this season. Uh, and Kai Havertz. Go on. It was his first goal for Arsenal, mate, yeah. It was his first goal, yeah. Um, and Kai Havertz, um, he came on and we were singing his song. This, you know the song you sang in my ear for 13 hours? Yeah, I'm not doing it now. I'm enough. <laughs> I know, thank you. Um, but, but but I would have thought in that penalty situation, okay, Vieira won the penalty and they were given the ball to uh, Kai to take the penalty. Then Vieira decided to take the penalty himself. Would you have given... Uh, Havertz the opportunity to ha take that penalty and score and, and build his confidence further? No, because from what Eddie and Ketia said in the aftermatch interview, Havertz was never in the in in the in the game to take the penalty. It was either going to be Eddie getting his fourth goal or it was going to be Vieira taking the penalty. And Eddie Eddie said he was very happy for Vieira to take it. If you talk about the penalty, I think Vieira got lucky the goalkeeper went the wrong way because it was an awful penalty. It was whether he saw him move first, so he just rolled it that way. I don't know, but it wasn't it wasn't anywhere near the corner and he didn't have a lot of pace on it. But what Dan just said is exactly right, right? For me, we're playing Sheffield United, possibly the worst Premier League team I've ever seen, right? At at the Emirates. I know we've had one or two other bad ones, but they offered absolutely nothing. They were a big team, but that was all they were. So when a team like that comes to play at the Emirates, you've got to hope you can take some positives out of the game because you think we're 99% certain going to win it. And for me, it was a game actually full of positives. I was, I was, I was very happy to see Smith Rowe get some game time, yeah? I was over the moon with that. Eddie's hat-trick wasn't an ordinary hat-trick. It was a very good hat-trick of good goals, yeah? I was happy for Vieira. And then when Tommy Asu scored, right? I'm summarizing, we're gonna break this down in a minute, I know, but when Tommy Asu scored, it seemed to me that every single person in the crowd was over the moon for the lad. Yeah. I just got that feeling, you know, just got that feeling that, that everybody in the ground was happy for him. And the for me, that's a statement of how highly how highly is regarded Tommy Asu. As I, I'm not gonna go over what I said earlier, I went over it twice then. 
But for me, we've got a special talent on our hands there, as we have in many positions on the field. So, as I said, you're 99% certain you're going to beat Sheffield United. You know they've got one point all season, right? The only team they should have beaten was Tottenham when Tottenham scored two goals in the hundredth minute. Right. It's understandable. Luck follows them everywhere. But we hope to see something from the game that's going to make us happy. And I saw loads of things on Saturday that made me come away from that ground smiling, not just at the result, but the things that happened in, in the bigger picture. I was over the moon with it. From from every, Everything about the game made me happy, made me smile. Dan, Eddie got a hat-trick. Uh, we comes into plenty of criticism Uh from from lots of us and we've we ourselves as much as we never dig out a player we've just said he's not really good enough but in this game he definitely found his level and he definitely had a really good uh uh, uh the, the third goal as was said on here by somebody else was was sweet as anything even the first goal just the, the half volley uh was very good and and the second goal was a bit of a poacher you know just something where the, the keeper fluffs his lines and he's there and he poaches it but you know if he had got that if he had taken that penalty he would have been up there with Thierry Henry and Ian Wright as one of the uh, three players that scored four Premier League goals. Arshavin uh, as well. Arshavin. Yeah, sorry. It's Arshavin and Henry. Um, and, you know, does he deserve to be held up in that esteem? Well, any player that, that achieves it deserves to be up there on a, on a one-off game. But um, I, I don't want to do him a disservice at all because I actually felt his hat-trick was a fantastic hat-trick that... The first goal for me, just the way he takes the ball, gets it out of his feet and finishes, is a fantastic striker's finish. The second goal, we know what Eddie's about. He's a poacher and he, and he will finish from there. And, and I expect nothing else from Eddie. But the third goal, I didn't think he had that in him. And it, and it surprised me a little bit. Well, it really has. But the only way I can describe it with Eddie is, it's like you're in that sort of relationship where you know it's going to go nowhere. But every now and again, you have a good time. You take her out for a meal and you think, oh, this could go somewhere. We'll have, a, we'll have a good time for a couple more weeks. And then two weeks later, something happens and disappoints you. And then you're back to the same position. And I just I just expect, the, I just expect that with Eddie. I just feel like we know he's not going anywhere. But every now and again, he just gets me hopes up a little bit. But I think he, with Eddie, like I think he's happy to play the role he does where he'll cover for Jesus and he'll get like the games every now and then. Um, so I think we're in a good position because he seriously is one of the best like backup strikers there is out there. We won't get any any better player to to like cover for, for Jesus and and uh, be happy to play that role. So, but yeah, it was, I mean, for the first goal as well, did you see Declan Rice's pass? He just like lasered it into the box uh, through the through the, the legs of one of the players Um he, I mean, he just keeps showing why first he's worth. Legs. Sorry, first, yeah, first touch, unreal. Like that, that's what makes a player is your first touch. It and, is. Yeah. You know, did you boys? Um, did you ahead. boys happen to see um, match of the day? Because after they were discussing Eddie um, Lineker, I think it was was it Lineker Shearer, and our righty, to be honest. And they, they they absolutely made the point that they were well. I, the way I interpreted it was that they they thought he was always going to be a, an understudy striker, you know, just behind Jesus or just behind Martinelli or whatever. And I really hope that he heard that. I hope that Eddie heard that, and I hope Eddie's got a bee in his bonnet this week because I think he's that kind of lad, you know. I hope Eddie's 
chewing nails this week, waiting for the following weekend to prove them boys wrong. And you know, they're they're they you know they're they're possibly right, but I hope Eddie proves them wrong. I've wanted so long for Eddie to come good. You know, I've been one of his biggest critics in a nice way. I've, you know, I've, I've said I want to see more out of him. And although it was only Sheffield United, and it's been mentioned in the comments, it's only Sheffield United, he scored three good goals, three very good goals. And I hope that this weekend we go up to Newcastle and he scores two or three more. Keep going. Mm. Uh, first consecutive clean sheet since our run of four in 2014, December 2014. So it was nice to have two clean sheets. I know that's another debate we can go into. And Sheffield United have lost um, nine of the 10 last league games um, with a minus 22 um, goal difference. The worst side uh, start by any side in the Premier League. And that includes Derby County, who went down with was a two or five points. So Look, yeah. Steve's right here. Steve's right here in what he says. Look, he's calling us out a little bit and he's right to do it because they have come close to taking points off some big sides. Yes. But what what what's happened at Sheffield United is I think their their injury list boys has grown dramatically. Absolutely. They're all they've Ten almost players. got a full team out injured, you know. So you got to feel for them. So but we can only beat what they put out there. Well, to be honest, it, it, I got the usual where I live around here. There's lots of West Ham and Tottenham and everything else, and they're they're saying where they what what their league position is and everything else. And now you got to admit they're in that position. And I said, well, I'll tell you in April or May. Uh, and I just turned around and said to them, said, look, we've just beaten the same side that you struggled as you said earlier, Trev. It took them over a hundred minutes to break down um, break down Sheffield United, who played their absolute nuts off. Uh, at White Hart Lane, um, and to be unlucky to lose two one. So, Steve, yes, you do have a, you do definitely have a, a have a point on there. So that's fair, fair play on there. Listen, we've got a, a League Cup game on Wednesday night. Uh, West Ham away. It's at round four, round five. It's around. I don't four. want to talk about it because you, you can't go because you're moving house. Listen, right, we're moving house on Wednesday, right? I'm sat here now. I've I've cleared a little space amongst all the boxes, right? But we're moving on Wednesday morning, you know. And the missus, I said to the missus, well, I'll shoot down and watch the game then. For some reason, she got the raging ump. Why would you get the ump? I'm going to help her. She's got, I've paid for a removals firm. All she's got to do is point and where to go. I could easily be gone to watch the Arsenal, couldn't I? My God, I hope she's not watching this, boys. I'm in well, big trouble. I hope she is watching, Trev, because Donna, I'm very disappointed. I, I thought better of you than that, Donna. I thought I, I thought you realised how much Trev loved, loved this club. Second only to you from what I've heard. And, uh, and me, know, and like, me. Oh, that's a stretch. <laughs> Not sure about that one. <laughs> Mojito, <laughs> Mojito, maybe. Yeah, Mojito. Well, that's, that's his first love, and probably his last love <laughs> for that night. <laughs> just, just you know what? Thought about a Mojito then, I had a headache. <laughs> <laughs> you know what was really funny? The Zinchenko song got actually changed in Block Five um, on on Saturday to. <laughs> <laughs> to the Mihito for Trev. It was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. I wish I was there. I didn't know that. Oh, it was funny. He was sitting over in the old man booth by the door, and then the whole lot of Block Five, even the ones who didn't even know what it was all about, started singing Mihito. Oh, I would believe in your soul. <laughs> and he's just sitting there grinning on, telling some people, oh, that's the singing about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really yeah, funny. Was. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, West, West Ham away. Uh, Dan, I've got them here. We'll see. Uh, we're, 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 5.15, I finish work, so I'm, I'm sure I'll find a hostillery sometime after 5.15 uh, on um, 
on Wednesday to to. Uh, What's a hostillery? Is that the same as artillery? Pub. Or, or are you looking for a hostelry? Pub. Pub. No <laughs> hostels. <laughs> no more hostel. talk about hostels. <laughs> um, oh, so what, what are we expecting? Major, major lineup changes? Um, Trev, you, you, you go on. I'd, I'd like to see Smith Roll start again, don't you? Yeah, I think we'll see massive changes. I think we'll see Ramsdale in goal. And I think we'll see Nelson, Vieira, Smith-Rowe, Kivior. Um, and I'll be happy to see them all, to be honest. I'd like to see Eddie play. Keep keep going. Keep his legs going. I want to see one of Gabriel or Saliba. I think it may well be Gabriel after the weekend. Um, I want to see Tommy Ashu play more game time. But, yeah, I want to. See, we're going to see all, all, the, uh, all the players that are not getting so much game time on with Vieira, Nelson. I think Trossard will probably play. And I'm looking forward to it. I think that we, we, we've got a team now that are plenty good enough to go have a run deep into the Carabao Cup. I've now I've put, I've put a bock on it now and it'll be all over Wednesday. But no, I think we'll be all right. Trev, how many goals do we have to um, win by? Because I know you promised uh, uh, Kevin Campbell that if you if we, you'd only get your tats out if we yeah. um, if we won 5 0. Uh, so, you know, are, are, are we looking at a 10 0 or a 2 0 or a 2 1? What, what are we looking at for getting the tats out? I think that we're looking at probably a two, a win by one goal at West Ham. It'll be a win by one goal, whether it's a 1 0 or a 2 1 for me. But, Fergus, listen, right? I'm, 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 I'm 27 years old, right? I'm, at my age, I can't be getting my tattoos out when it's about minus two, right? Firstly, my nipples don't look good when they're hard, right? And I'm just not... either. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, if uh, I'll tell you when they will would be out definitely, mate, is when we're at Wembley lifting that trophy, you know, because we're on our way, we're on our way, you know. Well, that could be that could be February, February, mate, you know. Oh, I could really imagine cold. it. If you ever want to be walking around looking at Trev going like that, put my hands up. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to get shot. Um, Dan, who are you expecting up front then? Um, Trev said he'd, he'd like to see Eddie start. I think it's got to be Kai Havertz up top, don't you? I'm going to put my neck on the line and say we're not going to see as many changes as you guys think we are. Man City's not in this anymore. And it's mm -hmm. a massive, massive opportunity to win a cup. And I hope he goes fairly strong. I think we're going to see a similar rotation from what we saw between Seville and, and Sheffield United. I think it'll be a mixed team, but I don't think it's going to be as many as, as, as you think. Um, I would keep Eddie up top. I think if he's in form, keep him there. Um, I hope Saka gets a rest. Yes. But other than that, I think you'll see Erdegaard come back in. I think it's the reason why he didn't play. I think he'll play. Um, I expect to see Rice still play against his old team. Uh, I hope he does. I know a lot of people have mentioned him, him being rested. Um, you might see, I think, Zinchenko come back in and maybe Tommy switch to the right. And then I think you'll probably see Ramsdale come in as well. So I think you'll see a few, a few, but not not lots. Alex, do you see much changes? Bearing in mind that five thirty on Saturday, we've got a very big game. We've got a resurgent Newcastle. I mean, yeah, I would like to see players like um, Saka get rested because I mean it is a lot of game time, and there isn't much time between Wednesday and Saturday five thirty. So. I'd like to see him get a rest and then, I mean, maybe Saliba get a rest as well um, and bring in uh, Gabriel because he got a rest in, in the last game. Um, but yeah, I think 
Eddie will probably start. Havertz will start. Um, Vieira might get a start on the right right wing instead of Saka. Um, Jorginho might start instead of Rice, but I would like to see Rice against his old, his old team. Um, Odegaard, as you said, probably will come back in again. Um, and then, yeah, perhaps either Tommy at, at the right centre-back or right-back. Um, depends on if Ben White is playing. Um, and then um, Kiwi or might play left-back as, as well, um, but we'll have to see. I think we'll see mm. some changes um, from, from, from the weekend's game. Trevor, by the sound of it, your OnlyFans channel is like kicking in because we can hear all the emails coming in. That um, is not but... me. That, that's not me. <laughs> it, oh, it must it? be Dan then. It must be Dan because, you know, if, if, yeah, everyone... Yes, yeah, so it's one of those kinky things, a ginger thing, isn't it? So, but um... <laughs> all, my, all my fan mail coming in, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Trev, uh, Rice returns to um, to the London Stadium. Um, Ross Morgan mentioned, uh, do you think Rice will make his return uh, to West Ham on Wednesday night? What sort of welcome, if he does start, what sort of welcome do you think he's going to get? Because it's the West Ham fans I know around here, they're all quite pleased for them, but there are some bitter, twisted West Ham Central, etc. on Twitter. It, it, I reckon it's going to be a mixed reception if he plays, but mm -hmm. I would think that that majority, the majority will show their appreciation of what a good player he is and what a good player he was for them. Well, you'd like to think so anyway. But he will get a few people on his back, but I think he'll. the cheers will outweigh the boos by quite a way. Um, that's it. So are we going to look at score predictions for Wednesday night? You went 2-1, Trev, didn't you? Yeah, I'll go 2-1. I'll I'll stick with you as well. I'll, I'll go two one. Um, although watching West Ham on Sunday night uh, on Sunday afternoon, up front they have got no potency whatsoever. So actually, I'll go two nil at Arsenal. Um, two nil Arsenal. There. Um, Alex. Uh, yeah, they look really. They really struggled offensively um, against Everton. I think we'll keep a clean sheet as well. Hopefully with Ramsdale and goal. Um, and I'll go for a, a scrappy one nil win. Uh, goal scored by Eddie again. Okay, uh, Dan, I'm going to go for a two-one Arsenal on the on Wednesday. But are we uh, are we covering Newcastle at all? In yeah, well, why not? We, we we should we should talk about Newcastle, I suppose, a little bit. I don't want to go on forever about it, but um, we might do something closer to the event. But Newcastle's a huge game, Dan, though, isn't it? Because you know they're okay. I, I think their concentration is very much more. Champions League, and I don't know if they will get back into Champions League again this season because I I think you've got four or five teams fighting up there with Villa included. Uh, that I know it's only ten games in, but they, they don't look like they're they're at that level again. But it's 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 a difficult place to go to, Dan. It is, but we we showed last year that we can go there and we can win. And um, the shame for me is that's the typical game where I'd love to see Partey and Rice play together, but obviously we mm. won't see we won't see Partey. So you may see a Jorginho with Rice there and and a bit more of a you know reserved approach. Um, we know how good they can be on the counter, and when the crowd gets up there, it's a difficult place. But um, yeah, we've we've got capacity now as a team to go to those sort of places and win, and we're the better team. I expect to win. Trev, uh, myself and yourself aren't making the trip this time. Um, hotels are a ridiculous price up there as well. Do you reckon there's going to be a whole lot of shiny tinfoil and hawida lads sort of atmosphere up there? Do you know what, Ferg? That's that's qu 
quite key to, I think, where we go. I mean, last season, we kept that crowd quiet. The season before, we played them right towards the end of the season. And I think it was their last home game, right? And credit where credit's due, those fans were the 12th man. You could see them players lift. They had no option but to lift. But last season, we, we, we got the fans a bit quiet, scored the goals, and uh, and it turned out to be a nice win. So I'm really not sure what, how we're going to go on, 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 on Saturday. I'm hoping that prime Arsenal turns up and we'll be all right, yeah? But if, if, if average Arsenal turns up, you know, we get the odd game where we seem to be a bit of a level below, then we'll get, we'll, we, we'll really struggle. But I'd like to think that we'll, we'll go in there, lift our game to where it needs to be, play high up the pitch, silence them, that great crowd that the Newcastle have and come away with something, come away with a win. And uh, I will be a very happy man. And, this is one of me. I'll just put this comment up first, just to finish. One of me very good mates, Smudger Andy Smith, lives up in Newcastle. Top Arsenal fan, top Arsenal fan, one of the very, very best. Lovely man. Smudge, can't go on Saturday, mate. The moving ban is still on. I've got to miss, <laughs> I've got to miss West Ham and Newcastle, and then I'm back, mate, and that'll be it. But I've got to miss, I'm gutted I'm missing Newcastle away. It's a great trip, but unfortunately, it has to be. So I'll see you in the not-too-distant future, Smudge. Can, Alex, we, um, can we all please start the hashtag free Trev? <laughs> uh, Alex, I can see you suffering there with Spanish flu. Um, can, uh, have we seen uh, prime Arsenal that Trevor mentioned there? I don't think, bar the PSV and maybe Sevilla uh, game uh, in the Champions League, in the league, I don't know if we've seen prime Arsenal yet. And what are you expecting at Newcastle? Well, first of all, no, I don't think we've seen Prime Arsenal yet. I think um, we're getting there. I think, luckily, we're still getting the results and we're still controlling the games. But I think we're still yet to see like one of those top, top performances that we saw uh, many of last season. Free Trev, hashtag free Trev. <laughs> you love to see it. Um, but I, I think, um, yeah, I think uh, Arteta is still playing a bit around with how he sets up the team and I think they're starting to get used to it now. He's implemented a, a few different things from from last season. Um, but I think we're yet to peak and uh, hopefully that will come later on in the season. Um, and in regards to Newcastle, I think we can't under, underestimate how big uh, it was last season uh, that we got the win because the season before that was a massive trauma for many of the players where we effectively lost the, the fourth place um, in, in an away game there. So I think mentally the players know they can go there and even though the crowd will be up for it and, and they're very loud, they're, they're supporters, um, they know they can do it and quiet the, the crowd. Um, so I think we'll, we'll go out there do, and do it. They've got um, a couple of injuries and of course uh, their star midfielder, Tonali, has got a, a ban now, so he won't be playing. Uh, their striker, Isak, is not, he's not going to be playing. He's injured as well. Um Sven Botman's injured as well. They've got a, uh, a fair few key, key injuries. So um, we should be able to go there and, and do it. Uh, we've got the players to do it. And we showed last season that we can do it and go there and beat them away. So I think it would be a big statement if we go there and win uh, on Saturday. Just Donna, I do hope you're reading the comments in here. You know, um, you know, Ross has come along and said Trev hasn't missed two games in a row since the 1850s. 
I'm sure that's what you mean in the 1850s. You're on a fine know. line, Keating. You are on a fine <laughs> line here. Listen, boys, like this, just remember something, right? Prime Arsenal isn't just about looking brilliant, bombing forward, scoring goals, making lots of space. That's wonderful. That's great. Prime Arsenal also is about playing possibly the best club team in the world at home and having the defence that means their star striker who scored goals for fun, it, you don't even know he's playing. You know, that's, that's for me, prime Arsenal. That's where we've got it right this year, across that back line, you know. Um, and, and I think if we stay firm there, then we're going to win most games. And when we when we sign that big-name striker in January, we're just going to fly away with a league. You know, we're done. Mm. Guys, um, we've had a few of you in the chat that haven't recognised some, some names. It was really good to see some new people. And we've constantly had a, a good number of people watching all the time. Um, like Dan said, about 15 million times uh, in Madrid. Uh, if you want to like, follow and subscribe us, just uh, if you listen to if you listen to audio, if you listen to the audio, uh, uh, go across onto YouTube uh, or if you're on Facebook, go across to YouTube, hit on the like and the subscribe um, and then you'll get notified that um, we uh, we are going live. So you won't miss us. We're up at 945 subscribers. We've got 282 different videos and bits of content that you can go through there. Anything from uh, the the summer seasons that we've done, um, the Arsenal history with myself and Trev with Mark and Andy from Arsenal history. Um, and we've done the uh, Arsenal and the community with Harry Simeu, with uh, Ruth, with uh, um, Dell, um, and with Charlie and with North Banksy. Just various different artists and contributors to the Arsenal sort of family sort of thing so there's there's lots of stuff for you to see on there guys it's been absolutely brilliant um dan enjoy newcastle mate um i think we i think here we go hang on just let me get let, let, let me get it let me get it, Is it, it looks like time? it looks like we're going to trevor time doomed we need to get a jingle for this don't we we do have to it's I like it's an, early, an early response coming on listen i'm just doing every single bloke that watches this channel a favor right if you want to get some brownie points with your missus right take her to Seville because it's absolutely stunning. She will be over the moon with a visit to Seville and it ain't that expensive. You can get a few beers and that not too expensive. It's a wonderful city. I've already booked. I'm taking the missus. I'm going to be in the good books. Have you, have you booked a Trev? Yes. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I'm, to be honest, I'm, I'm going to do something similar. I'm going to do something similar uh, with the wife. I'm probably thinking April, May sort of time. Um, to, to go over there. Uh, thank you to Jim Eves, who's just subscribed. So anybody else who wants to subscribe now before the music goes, um, we will give you a shout out. But yeah, that's brilliant. Um, boys, have a great weekend. Before we go, though, we got to talk oh, you... about this fella. Oh, this fella. yeah. He's getting old. He's getting old. Very old. Mid-20s. Uh, it's oh, starting, starting to hit. <laughs> uh, Have you got 20... a filter on that screen? <laughs> you got a screen, Alex. No, 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 no. He, he, he doesn't look like something like, I don't, yeah, don't worry. You've already got your mask on a day early, haven't you, Trev? You know what? There was, before we got, happy birthday for tomorrow, um, uh, Alex, uh, 24. Uh, have a wonderful day. We will um, we will put a shout out for you. But um, it's just reminded me, there was a, a clip. I've still got it on my phone somewhere. And it was Trevor in Grimarish. 
And he was like, it's only one euro a pint. And he couldn't get his key in the door. And we had Potsy, we had Potsy on the on the, the podcast. It's a number of years back. And uh, he's come along and, and he said, it's, it's Halloween tomorrow, Trev. What do you got your mask on for early? That's 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 why I remember. I thought so, that clip had disappeared off the face of the planet. At, so. You no, no, wish. Once I've it's on it. there, it's never yeah, coming off. It was a good night. It was a good trip to Guimara's. It rained all the time, but and we lost the football. But other than that, it was a good trip. Yeah, yeah. Alex, what are the plans for tomorrow? Um, I mean, I've got uh, I've got uni and then uh, a nice meal with the lady in in the evening. So um, just a nice chilled day tomorrow. Um, nothing nothing too big, but yeah, I've got a big birthday meal in the weekend with with some friends doing are cooking you, up some Heinz. Are you having a drink this time, Alex? No, mate. No drinks. <laughs> no. Okay. Same same as Madrid then. All right, then. Yeah. I'm just yeah. having my crisps and I'll yeah. let you have, have the dry bread. <laughs> yeah. I'm, if, you, if you do decide to have a beer, hopefully you finish this one. So good luck to you, mate, on your birthday. I'll do my best. I'll, I'll struggle, but I'll do my best. And we'll Burger. see you. We'll see you Burger. over London. Go on. Yeah. You could buy me one next week at the home game for Seville. Fergus, play the song. <laughs> Which version do you want? Not that slow one that everyone gets depressed with. Play the song. Uh, oh Christ, I've lost it. You not found it. it? I have Sing found. It I'm just looking for the right one. Uh, that one will do. From the Cali to the cross and every shit hole in between. Past the church, the mosque, the crack den, and the offie on the corner. See the brasses from the brothel. Pretends to be a sauna. Watch the bedlam. You have been watching uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons podcast by oh, Arsenal yeah. fans for Arsenal fans. Up the sp- Go on. Are you going to say something? No. I w- do you know what? I would have got me tats out then, but there's that- I'm surrounded by boxes. I can't stand up. It honestly is that bad. I'm just bad surrounded. excuse. Yeah, bad excuse. Bad excuse. Right. <laughs> up the arse. Fuck the Spurs. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal.